Hello, this is me. It's uh, it's Silas, and I'm just informing you right here. We've shifted our schedule from releasing new episodes around like Saturday and Sunday to releasing them on Mondays, just because we think that's a better time to release our episodes or a better day to release the episodes. And also, that means I will now try and spend part of my Sunday. Mm, making and uploading more clips on our social media site. So if you go to the link tree, you'll find little icons for our social media for Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, and you'll find little clips channels or little clips there. And we have a clips channel on YouTube, so subscribe to that if you want to see some funny good moments cut out. This week on Uploading Podcast, we'll talk about Peloton having to fire a ton of people, 5G costing a lot of money, AMD making a really big acquisition, and a few more topics. So stick around if you are interested in any of those. We are also introducing a new part of our show, a new segment, so be excited for that. Everybody, to this chill version of uploading podcast, the flagship podcast of meaningless changes. Hello, hello, hello. Yes, hello, Sword. How are you doing? I'm asking this as if we hadn't talked for about four hours already. Seemingly four hours, uh, sixty minutes. We, we <laughs> so much. Uh, heads up, we're entering into a just rambling section. Yes. Starting off with this, and I'm dreadfully worried we might have rambled ourselves out before we even began the recording. So here's hoping we don't fall into that uh, pothole, pit trap, something, something. Ramble, ramble. <laughs> I have something uh, to talk about, though. I want to. Wonderful. Uh, first of all, welcome everybody to episode nine. There's. Well, a new thing that just came to my mind that I wanted to say. Uh, in last episode, mm-hmm. I think I fucked up the editing because in the recording I start Uh-oh. off I start off with like, oh, uh, hello, welcome. This is episode eight. We're, <laughs> we're, we're, that's fine. We're, and I was like, we're almost out of the, the podcast honeymoon phase. And for some reason, I was listening back to the episode like a few days ago after it was already published. And the beginning is just mm. hello and welcome. This is the honeymoon, uh, the end of the honeymoon <laughs> phase. And for some reason, I cut out the part where it says episode eight. I was like, what? What, what fucking dumb shit is this? How do you even make that mistake? How do you accidentally cut out only the number eight? Like, why? This is just to be that we're in a honeymoon phase. I wasn't even aware we were married. The podcast honeymoon phase, episode 10. You remember? Everything oh, under wait, 10 yes. is, yeah. Everything yes, under yes. 10 is the honeymoon phase. Oh, where it's still before... fun and easy, and then. Except mm-hmm. it's really not, but yeah. It's there. Before I forget, make sure to leave a comment if you're from Furfinity and you saw the ad. Let us know what our money's worth. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you have to write an Apple Podcast review. Where it says, I only found these people because of the paid ad. So therefore, only two out of five stars. 
don't do that. You have to put five. We've paid five stars amount of money. Always five stars. Always five stars. You know an Uber driver will kill you for four. They will do it. They cannot afford the loss of income. This is helping to ramble. So, I was just talking to Saad about this before we recorded. I was like, I don't remember what I wanted to say to him. I I had a really good point, and I forgot it, but now it's come back to me. Oh, great. Good, 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 At great. least one of them. I think, actually, now I think there might be multiple ones. <laughs> Vanished into the ether, never to be seen again. We're going to... Some we're people speculate better. that they even exist in the first place. Yeah, we're, we're getting better at this podcast thing. Like, now we already have timestamps laid out for what we want to do in what amounts of time. We're going to see how well that works. And maybe in the future... I and Sod, we can also put down other random notes for maybe the rambling section and other things. So in that case, I would never forget anything ever again. But That would be very wise. Very um, wise. Technology, right? Microwaves. Do you know mm. what a microwave is? The kitchen uh, appliance. Oh, the appliance. I was trying to struggle to remember the terminology of like the, uh, what's it... Uh, frequency that causes it to mi- microwave things and remembering all the signs behind that. Yes, I know the appliance. Okay, well, a few days ago, I came home from school and because I still live with my mum because I'm a student, my mum was mm-hmm. like, well, I didn't cook anything today, but look, there's some crap ready-made microwavable stuff. Oh. I was like, okay, that's that's fine sprinkle some fucking sriracha on it and then it's gonna be fine anyways so Mm -hmm. i opened the little plastic box thing it was like rice with rice with chicken and some like vegetable stuff things that could be pretty okay as a ready thing put it Mm -hmm. on a put it on a plate stuck it in the microwave and on the box it said Put it in for five uh, minutes, and I was like, that seems a bit long to me. Okay. So I put in three, mm-hmm. and, well, sometimes when you put things in the microwave, you can, I think especially with, like, chicken, maybe, sometimes you can hear, like, little oh. bits of meat, like, kind of pop or explode almost. Mm. And I was like, oh, that was a that was a loud piece of meat, like, kind of, like, exploding, releasing the steam. Mm-hmm. Open the microwave up, and I'm like, okay, this plate is probably hot. Let's get a towel or something to pick it up. I get the tea towel, rub the plate, and I'm like, oh, no, wait, wait, something is wrong. Turns yeah. out the fucking plate has split into three pieces, and I was like, what? How? <laughs> so How? literally, it was just bits of chicken and rice. And, like, shards of glass, basically. Did you leave metal in there? No, it was it was just a plate and then the food on there. And, well, the oh. turntable thing that's already installed in the microwave. I posted a picture on Twitter already, so follow at TV for dumb shit like this. 
And then I just started laughing. I was like, hey, can you come here, please, mom? Look at this. And she was like, I've never seen this. What have you done? <laughs> and now I know why she says only put it in for one minute and then look if it's like warm enough already. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. It was fine at the end because it was a shit plate anyways. How strong do they make microwaves in Germany? Like... It's like a really old one. <laughs> oh, that might be it. No, why? It doesn't have a lot of power. I looked at the manual once and I was like, oh, this is actually less than I was expecting. It's less than what it says on most packaging things. Ah. Uh. I don't remember what it was, but on a lot of packaging, it says like, oh, 4,000 watts. Yeah. Or 800, put it on these minutes, but it's always maybe under Maybe the play just pissed off Cthulhu. Who could say? I don't know. I just thought that was funny. And then I took it, a picture, and I tweeted it. I, either, as a title, I just put, no, why? <laughs> <laughs> that moment uh. where you open the thing up, you pick up the plate, and you're like, well, why is this in like many pieces? Why? <laughs> So what I ended up doing, I just picked up the whole rotating plate thing from the microwave. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't want to take the individual plate pieces. Oh, that would be easier, yeah. That makes and then sense. I just, I don't know if this is a good thing. This is not, I don't recommend doing this. But I just, not. I just ate the <laughs> stuff anyways. <laughs> the, stuff that was, not. the stuff that was on top of the glass, I did obviously not obviously didn't eat the, the bits literally between the plates. To your knowledge, you never know. My A shard of glass might just slip through. Well, yes. Actually, let's Google what happens when you eat glass. <laughs> a single shard of glass. How bad can it be? <laughs> what happens when you eat a How shard bad, of glass? How bad can it be? Sharp objects can become stuck and lead to a puncture in the digestive tract. Do not do this. Don't do this. Mm. If you fuck up a plate in the microwave, don't eat it. Don't eat it. Don't eat things, the content of the plate. (laughs) Don't eat fucking plates at all, but okay. See example Silas. We'll see what happens to him in a few days' time. That was pretty stupid. And we'll mourn the loss. That was pretty stupid. I was sitting there, like, just like looking at my phone and you heard this loud bang and I was like, Oh, oh. (laughs) 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 so yeah, Uh, that's, uh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) uh, That's my cooking skills. What it's for. What? Why? Imagine if I had put it in for five minutes instead of three. It would have just gone, I don't know, it probably just would have exploded. Like, the entire microwave would have just gone, boom. I don't know. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Microwaves are bad. And we are almost at 10 minutes. So delightful. Let's transition into a new topic. Or a new, I, I guess we can call it a new section, which... I've actually titled Random Games We Wanted to Talk About. (laughs) Now, for this segment, uh, Silas has an old game he wishes to talk about, 
And I have something from Kickstarter that deserves a little bit more love. Uh, there was a game uh, released recently on Kickstarter, looking for backing. Uh, another one that got way bigger, Mino Hollow, but it's already at like over 600,000. So like, I'm going to give a call out to this one called Bo. It is heavily inspired by, what's it, uh, Eastern Asian culture and Hollow Knight. Like just the fusion of those two things together. I've been following this one for a long time. Ironically enough, I found it through an add-on for Affinity. So, small world. Ah, very good. Yeah, found it. I backed it there. I kept up with stuff going on since then. And now it's launched. It's got some good fanfare to it as well. It's already at the point where it's going to be successful at the end of the campaign. And it's mainly just stretch goals at this point. But again, the game just looks utterly, utterly beautiful. And I just can't, cannot wait for a chance to actually play it myself. I have personally already backed it, but again, it's already past the point where it's successful, so like, don't feel the need to jump in as well just because of that. Only do so if you have a desire to back this yourself. Uh, what else? What else? Like, I do like it. This approach to like, what's it? Again, combining this kind of like play style and taking inspiration from like a bunch of different things as well, uh, from Hollow Knight and other various games, and just mixing it with this heavy influence from like um, Eastern Asian culture, it's just going to be so much fun to play, so beautiful to look at, and hilarious if this game comes out before what's it, um, uh, Silk Song. Like, if an entire other game is able to come out before that. My God, I'm never going to stop laughing at that. That will warm my cockles to the day I die. What is a cockle? I don't know. I do not know. It's just a phrase I've heard in the past. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And that's how we got to this point. Now, going from there, I shall read some of the, like, uh, starting bits for, like, the story and about the game. And let you get a feel for it yourselves from that. What's it starting with the story? Our indie game, Bo. Wait, am I at the top here? Yes. Our indie game, Bo, Path of the Tear Lotus, is a 2.5D platformer with Metrovania elements based in the world of Japanese folklore. Oh, so just specifically Japan. My eyes skimmed over that in the past. My apologies. I'll use your legendary bow staff to bounce and move fluidly through a delightfully demonic East Asian... Nope, never mind. <laughs> right on both accounts. And wrong. Uh, fever dream. Use a tight movement set and reset system to reach areas efficiently and gracefully or make an intense yet satisfying recovery while floundering for footing. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. Uh, fluid jumping, bouncing, aerial acrobatic platforming and combat are taken to a new level of flow and complexity, becoming essential to the gameplay. Unravel the mysteries of an original untold tale from Japanese folklore. Uh, folklore. You play as Bo, uh, Tentihana, a ses- uh, celestial blossom that descends from the heavens to play a key role in a mysterious ancient ritual. Bowl is a wielder of an ever-shifting bow staff that serves as the main weapon and a conduit of mystical abilities that are unlocked throughout the game. Our game will contain multitude of Japanese-inspired environments that pay homage to Japanese folklore and aesthetics, 
all rendered in a unique hand-drawn art style. We are heavily inspired by um, video games like Okami, Hollow Knight, Paper Mario, Dust Force, haven't heard of that one myself, and Celeste. What is Dust Force? Yeah, it's fine. Where was I? An anime such as Spirited Away, Attack on Diamond, Demon Slayer, Princess Mononoko, and Mononoko, I think. Oh no, there's actually two under that name. Intriguing. I think they hit all the buzzwords to get this showing up in read search results. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a positive, though. It is. It really is. Hmm. Now I think that is everything. I could remember there was some another one, but they probably updated it after a while because of all, like, yeah, all the what's it? Um, stretch goals. Because this one has been successful in of itself, which does warm my heart. Like, just see something that looks so great come into its own. Again, uh, will we include a link to this in the description of the podcast if, like, people are interested in checking this out themselves? Yes. Yes, Well, delightful. Look in the description (laughs) below. As you can tell, Silas handles a lot of that stuff on the back end. For now. Yes. We could get you access if you... If you become good and you become on time. <laughs> Indeed it could. Uh, for anyone wondering, I was finishing off the medium today and it was rather frustrating of just not ending sooner because I had other things to do, but it wasn't enough left to put off another week of a stream. So I'll have to take some time to pass that out for my actual feelings of the game. Yes, uh, Silas, do you have any thoughts on uh, Bo, based on what you've just heard and anything you've looked into prior about this? Well, actually, I didn't really look at it before. I kind of wanted Uh, to get my opinion by what you say while looking at, like, the video. I I basically watched the video that they have without sound while you uh, were explaining or reading the whole thing. This mm -hmm. looks pretty interesting. It looks, the graphics look madly cool. I really like yeah. the, the style of it. Like, it's just beautiful animation. And you, I love to see that rewarded. And then you scroll down, and it says, basically, all stretch goals are already funded. Oh, really? Have they gotten that point? Well, the only no, no, thing that's not funded yet is new team members. And, new team members. And oh, that, that helps. the one for 150k. The Which bold. is a mystery, but I, I imagine all <laughs> the other ones were, like, original stretch goals. And yeah, yeah, they've they've met every single one of them. Yeah. So, which uh, for also, our US viewers, it's currently at what's it there to do? Over a hundred thousand US, a hundred and three thousand seven hundred and forty-seven rounded up. Pretty good. That's a pretty successful one. And then I just looked through the the perks, and for. Mm-hmm. $20 slash 18 euro, you can already get the game when it comes out. And if it comes out, $20, $20. I think that's pretty good. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I'm going to have to. I'm pretty sure I got the early bird. I'm just scrolling to the bottom because I'm looking at this is another browser that I'm not logged into Kickstarter with. But yeah, I'm pretty sure I got the early backer one while it was still open, if that was a thing. If not, I just backed it normally. Well, I'm just saying I'm going to probably go check. How long is this run for still? 19 mm. days. Yeah, I'm going to eventually maybe go check with my bank account. Do I have 18 euro? 
maybe I'll click on this. I don't know no. yet, potentially. <laughs> now, this does cause some stress to what's it, um, Genesigua, the people of the Kickstarter, but for just so everyone's in the know, like, you don't always have to have, like, the money in your bank account immediately when the project ends. It'll just make collecting it somewhat a bit more of a hassle, but as long as you get in within, like, a week of when the Kickstarter ends, you will be fine, so... If anyone's counting their pennies till next payday, but really want to jump in on this or like Mini Hollow and any other one, like do keep that in mind. I kind of haven't backed a lot of things. I want to back many things. I think I've backed like one project. I backed a few things, mostly games that I thought looked really cool and still development. Uh, the most immediate things I have gotten as a back of awards were like um, an anime project. Actually, if I may go on a little tangent, I, there was one thing uh, related to Shira and the Prince's Powers. Cool-looking tail deck. Wanted to get that. Got it. It spent a year in transit because of, like, pandemic issues, delaying it, and then, like, legislation changing about, like, import fees, causing it to take, like, three trips across the Atlantic and be in the UK for some reason at one point, like, being possible to find and, like, Today, like last few days, I've been waiting for it to get delivered and like calling up the driver because it's not like left with them. Um, what's it? The local post service, you know, for my country, but uh, what's it for profit organization. So I'm able to do that. And he's like, yeah, this is absurd. Like, I'm just going to go in there and get it tomorrow, regardless of whether or not it's put on my docket. I'm going to swing by the area and give it to you because it's there. You have the money to pay the import fees and you've waited a year. It's baffling that this has gone on this long. Uh, sorry, just, it's, it was rel- a relevant tangent and I hope you comment some sympathy down below. Not only for my sake, but like podcast sake. Uh, the more you comment, the better it is. <laughs> that's, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's don't... True. That's what I don't get about like people like, oh, you pause the type of response this before later in the video. It's like, that gives you more comments. That's something <laughs> like YouTube insists is very important for some reason. Why are you complaining? But yeah. Anyway, that's been a nice little tangent on Bo. Gone a little bit over because of my shipping rows that have caused me so much emotional distress and fury. Well, yeah, I've waited. Let's go into your game, Silas. The time thing is kind of a wash anyways. Shenanigans, Mm. because we don't really know how long these are supposed to take. And also... 7.5 is a rough, you know? And I've gone a bit over with something, so like, yeah. In my mind, I was like, that seems reasonable for showing something off, but when you want to talk about it too, at that point, yeah. it kind of like falls apart. Having like a discussion about things in that kind of time can be not good, but okay. We can adjust the times. It's not set in the stones. And also, I just remembered mm-hmm. other talking points that I wanted to talk about in the beginning. So 10 minutes isn't good for that either actually this is one of the things is what i was talking about while we didn't record yet that's literally the whole thing Mm -hmm. and then another thing is just what i want to talk about randomly about netflix so i'm going to start with 
the first thing. Ah. So rambling again. Sorry, I'm gonna go co- co- go to the game in a minute. Our format's, our format's crumbled already. It's yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's fine. Well, Next episode will be a, better. It's a trial one. It's a trial one. Yeah, we've learned the secret. If we want some things to ramble on about the beginning, write it down beforehand. That's true. That's true. We've written down. Oh, talk about the games. <laughs> That's good. Step one. Yeah. Also talk. Also put in the rambling topics too. Um, last episode, I think we talked about the mm-hmm. Steam Deck being released soon. Was that last episode mm-hmm. or one of the a few episodes? Uh, yeah, definitely recently. And we looked at the price, and I think I said something like, "Oh, I think this is pretty reasonable," or something like that. Mm-hmm. And actually, I've looked at some of the competitors to the Steam Deck because there is a few which are like also handheld gaming PCs. From, mm-hmm. for example, the Iron Neo. They have something that's called the Air Neo 2021 Pro. I think I've heard of that. You probably have, because they've gone uh, pretty popular right now. Um, if you look at their specs, where are they? Uh, it's just loads, loads of pretty pictures. It does have double the core count than the Steam Deck, but it doesn't have that much more graphics performance. Mm. And uh, the Steam Deck pricing, the most expensive one for 512 gigabytes was $649, which, if you compare it to a console, I think seems very high. But but it's also like an actual working computer, which it's, it's consoles typically yeah. aren't. It's basically a laptop with a whole game controller built in. And if you compare that to the ANEO, because you said this too, you said like, oh, mm-hmm. consoles can make money from the sales of the games and stuff. And that's what Steam also do. That's why it costs $650. Mm-hmm. The price of the ANEO is actually, the Neo Pro is $1,315. Yep. And they don't make money from game sales. So that shows you, what the Steam Deck could have cost if it wasn't made really cheap by Valve. Well, it's not just like cheap, but in terms of like at cost or close to cost. You know? I don't even think that's true. I think they're selling it at a loss because most computer components actually they have is true. really shit margins if it gets sold at RRP. If you buy it from like some scalper on eBay, if you buy a graphics card that's like supposed to cost 400 and they sell it for 800, obviously they make a ton of money. But at, I don't think A&E are making a ton of money from selling this for $1,315. They're going to be making a few percent, but then that's it. The individual retail experience tends to differ when it comes to comparing it to a company. They're able to say like, yeah, we're going to spend like $10 million on this like uh, component here. Send us that many over for like $10 million. Like they tend to have like, you know, an easier time like negotiating prices and just getting it directly from the seller without having to deal with like uh, scalpers or like anything that like inflates the prices. But uh, yeah, like in this current environment still, it will be expensive just because of demand and like yeah. scarcity. 
if you look at this, I've just randomly Googled this. I don't know how true this is, but seemingly pretty mm-hmm. true. It just says the tif- typical profit margin of IT companies is 3 to 6%. Ooh. Not, not fucking anything at all. And also, computer buyers are fucking assholes. What other yeah. kind of market do you know where something like PC Part Picker exists? Well, I guess flights yeah. for flights. So PC Part Picker, you can literally just put in the parts that you want, and it will take in all the things, and it will show you the the best prices for everything. I guess you have that kind of for like insurance, I guess, and flights. But you're not going to find, I don't know, orangejuicepicker.org, right? Mm. Comparing the best orange juice for, oh, wow, I can buy this one for 10 cents less. But that's what people do. People are going to look at things at like PC parts. And if one motherboard costs 130 euros and another one is 125, they will always basically buy the one for 125. Because people know it doesn't fucking matter. And they mm. want to pay the cheapest. So not only is the PC part space, or I guess, technically, I guess an a isn't actually a part, so their margin probably is better. But if you buy a graphics card or like a CPU or something, mm. they're not going to make a lot of money. And also, they're fucked anyways, because if it costs like five euro too much, you won't buy it. So they're fucked multiple ways. So yeah, Steam Deck, pretty good price. Don't complain about it. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, you're going to jump in on that or still? Oh, no. I have my reservation. I have to see if I can have money at that point. I'm probably not. But then... My uh, I mean, apprenticeship is almost over in like four months. Ah, uh, so I'll just wait, get my first paycheck, and then buy it then because I'll have thousands of euros at that point. <laughs> Why do you go work at a real job? Hopefully, yeah. You're gonna see how hopefully. that works. Doing a job that you have to do physically in the Corona time. I don't know. So that's the, num- that's the first thing that I wanted to talk about, or I guess the second thing I wanted to talk about in the beginning, but I just forgot. Another thing is I've actually sat down and watched a new series. I've used my Netflix account the first time Ooh. in like three years. <laughs> wait, wait, you haven't been using it in like three years? Uh yeah, I've, I'm not even logged in on this PC. I pay oh, no. for it because my mom uses my account. Uh, okay, that that's, that's fine, fine. Then. It's like I don't pay it for no reason, but like, yeah. Oftentimes she'll get like a gift mm. card too, so she'll pay for it mm. for like three uh, months or something, and then, I don't know, it just falls back to my PayPal and nobody really cares, and it's fine. So, yeah, I don't really have time right now to watch a lot of series and stuff, especially if they're long, but but I've watched a new thing. This I just want to talk about this because it's moderately funny. This came out just on the 28th of January. This is like pretty new. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've heard about this. Do you watch like what what is this show? Like a crime mystery 
psychological thriller series. That's what they classify it as. I've certainly watched them from time to time. I, they typically go over uh, better with me when they have some kind of like sci-fi or fantasy element to them, but I still enjoy them on a base level if they're done well. Okay, so this is an eight-part miniseries. It's like less than four hours of runtime, so that's why I mm-hmm. watched it. I watched it in like one Saturday. And the name is The Woman in the House Across the Street from the Girl in the Window. Oh, no. Oh, no. I've, I've seen that title in other thumbnails for videos I haven't watched yet. Oh, no. Oh, no. I know it's bad already. I know that from the thumbnails. It's bad. Oh, no. Oh, how bad is it, Silas? Well, I liked it. Oh, really? <laughs> I actually thought it was pretty good. I've seen that too, though, on, like, reviewers seem to not like it very much. Mm. Like, it gets a lot of, like, six out of tens, I guess, like, average mm. ratings. Mm-hmm. And I guess it is, but it's, like, a special kind of show. It's kind of a parody of those mystery thriller things. Well, then, that explains the really. title, then. Yes. An unaware self-parody. It's kind of, it's a funny show. And it's interesting, but it's not funny in that it makes you laugh. It's like funny and it makes you think like, oh, that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. It doesn't make laugh. That's what my what my mom complained about because we watched the first episode and then she was like, What, this is supposed to be like a parody of those things? No. It kind of I don't know, <laughs> I don't think it fails on that front. It's just different from what people expect it to be. I liked it, though. I liked it. Well. I well, can't no. fucking pay any attention to things usually, but I watched this. Literally, I think I went to the toilet like one time, and then that's when I left and put it on pause. <laughs> well, that's... You should put it on your phone, then. Like, waste no time. <laughs> uh, but, well, maybe. Yeah. And I'll see this. Maybe it's like some kind of... Gotham effect, where it's like, like you can recognize like things that might be objectively bad in it, but there's just something about the show that clicks with a lot of people and makes it very entertaining for them. Uh, for me, example, I really like Gotham because the casting department, like every like long term and recurring character, they they nailed that. They got they cast it very perfectly for anyone of note in the in the show's run. And it made a real treat to watch them, like whether they were attempting the very serious stuff in the beginning or more camp later on. It was a fun ride, even if the plotting wasn't always the best. So maybe it's a that kind of situation with this, where it's just like something very captivating about it, despite any flaws it might have. I didn't really see flaws myself. I just liked really? watching. Yeah. Well. I'm not going to push any further than that. I didn't look at any reviews or anything before I watched it. I just yeah. looked at it, and then I was like, that's pretty good. I'm going to keep watching. <laughs> mm. And now my mom actually started watching it again, too. And she liked uh. it as well. I guess it's kind of slow in the beginning. And maybe if somebody knows this kind, this thriller genre more than me, oh. they'll probably see things coming. 
Okay, that's. I didn't though. I have no clue about things. If you yeah. don't take the time to like learn the tropes or like really like think about them as you're watching a show, then that can really affect like your enjoyment. If you're like hyper aware of these things, always on the lookout for them, it can like ruin your enjoyment of it. Yeah, for me like, as somebody who barely knows these kinds of shows, I was like, wow, I didn't expect this plot twist now multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> like I know these things exist. I know, like, oh, you go investigate something, and then like you get a letter or something, and it says, "Oh, don't go in deeper, or you'll be next," or something like that. <laughs> Obviously, that happens. But at that point, I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, who did that? Who did this? Wow. <laughs> Maybe I'm just crap, and I just have low standards. That's fine. But I just thought that was good, and it doesn't. It's it's eight episodes. You can like. It, it doesn't take a lot of time. It's not like a hundred episodes of shit. Well. And also, the main actress, I think she did a pretty good job. That's also actually what it says on Wikipedia right here. It says it received mixed reviews from critics while Belle's performance was praised. So yeah, I thought she did a good job. Can really affect the reception of a show. Maybe the writing kind of sucked in that case, but I liked it. Oh, I recommend that if you're like me, go watch that and see if you like it. Yeah. Uh, okay, we're going to move on now because it's 44 goddamn minutes into the yeah. recording. <laughs> I Let's let's make up for it by going through some of these other ones a bit quicker. I think uh, the first point, we may be able to just state our thoughts of that pretty quickly. No, 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 no. Wait, wait. Mm-hmm. We didn't do my game bit yet. <laughs> oh my god! We got us distracted by so, shows we were watching. So I'm gonna actually, in our running order document, it says random rambling for ten minutes. Did we're that. just gonna change that to that thirty. And then random games we're gonna talk about the new segment for fifteen minutes. Uh, uh, we've done one game, and it's forty-five minutes into the recording now. Okay. Keep in mind, like, four minutes is, like, um, us doing the prelude, like, introducing the show. So... Yes. But that's included in rambling, I think. Maybe rambling should be 15 or 20 minutes. No, I think that's its own thing. Like, that's the introduction you always have to, like, do and get away, and then you start timing things. Maybe. We'll have to... We'll have to get better at this. Clearly, 10 and 15 minutes is not good enough. (laughs) No, I think we just like bought up like anime and like TV shows we were watching. Oh yeah, we need to plan things more. We need to have more points than just a random (laughs) rambling ten minutes, and then that's it. Yeah. Okay. So, actually, I'm going to do this. I'm going to. You said this before. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a dumb idea, but I'm going to do it now. I'm going to put a timer: seven minutes, fifty seconds. Yeah, because I, I did generally think you had a point, and now I'm realizing, but wait, I have to go into a different tab to look at the Google Doc, to look at the Bow Kickstarter page, to look at the other things. And it's like, oh, wait, but I can't see the timer on that page then. So I'm going to put a timer on so you will hear a loud dinging sound. Oh, wait, no, no, I'm, when, I'll just uh, stop when, watch it. No, 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 I don't want to do that. I want to have an audible fucking thing. I mean, you can do it too. Maybe our clocks are different. 
I think it's just funnier. I think it's just funnier that when I'm talking and it just starts making this loud ass sound. (laughs) Okay, you you got me there. It will be funnier. It will objectively be funnier for its presence. Especially when I don't notice and I don't realize that it's going to happen. And then I'm like, holy shit. (laughs) It's like when a dog walks past me when when I'm outside. I'm not scared of dogs. I'm just scared that they're going to (laughs) bark because then I get scared of the loud noise. I get startled so easily by like dumb shit, like a dog just barking. Every time I walk past a dog, I'm like, don't do it. Don't fucking shut the fuck up, dog. And then the dog's like, and then my whole body like shakes and shit. And I'm like, holy shit. Oh, that is delightful. Time has started. So Gamescom 2018, I guess that was like in August. I think that's when Gamescom is. Um, that was the first time I was at Gamescom. That's pretty good. Let's not talk about that. Um, I tried Starlink on the Nintendo Switch from uh, Ubisoft. Oh, I'm aware of this. <laughs> what? So you just didn't want to mention it before. I was like, what obscure game is this? Is this? And it's like, oh, wait, no, I know of this. I thought it was like nothing in time in a game. Well, no, no, it's just a thing you could know starlink battle for that bat, battle for atlas <laughs> battle, battle for atlas. atlas yeah i played it at gamescom i liked it i thought that's pretty good if you, i think like one or two months after gamescom it came out and i had never heard about it ever again until uh. like i think two years ago one year ago no, I think it was mm-hmm. 2021, maybe the beginning of 2021, maybe the end of 2020. Mm-hmm. A long time after the launch, I was randomly in in a store and I saw that game in the launch starter pack, the Switch version. Ah. And for those people who don't know this game, basically you fly, uh, you fly spaceships around between different planets and you shoot things is a, I think it's a great game, but mm-hmm. the point of this is the point of this is not explaining what the game is, but I want to explain how shit they launched this because yeah, I walked around, I randomly saw it, the starter pack version, which is the game itself. And this game uses the, the, Oh, the fucking toy in the game model. So you get a little, Shit. I believe that's called Toys for Games. Something like that. I forgot. Oh, toys, yeah. toys to Life. Toys I think. to Life, yeah. yeah. Yeah, That's what it is. So you get a ship, and in the case of the Switch version, you get a little Star Fox R Wing, which is pretty good, which is why I bought, why I saw it. I was like, oh, look at this. It's an R Wing toy. Oh, wait. Actually, it's fucking uh, Starlink. I remember this. So it's the game the little controller thing that you put the joy cons in and a ship and like weapons and star Fox, the character, and I think something else, maybe I think like a poster or something stupid. So you could take apart the ships and you can swap out different kinds of weapons and different kinds of wings and stuff like that. It's a good concept for like 2014. (laughs) Not for 2018. That's yeah. the first problem. That was a bit late to the 
Toys to Life game, but also I oh, saw right. it and the whole fucking thing was like five euros ninety nine. And I was like, holy shit, this is like a triple A Ubisoft game with like a toy. And if you look at the launch price, like one of those fucking ships would go for like 30 euro. So holy shit. Not only did they launch it with seemingly no marketing whatsoever, because if somebody who liked the game, who knew about it before, didn't even notice that it had launched until like years later, how bad does your marketing have to be? Well, I bought it and I played it and I really like it. I haven't beat it yet because it's just too much fun for me to just fly around and destroy enemies and stuff and mine for resources. It's fucking dumb what I do. I just fly around on the, the, on the different planets and I just like destroy stones. <laughs> it's a great game though. It's a fucking shame that it's was marketed this badly. Imagine being there in 2018. You're like, wow, I want to play this game. You buy one ship and then you come home and you realize that the amount of ships that you have is also the amount of lives that you have in the game. That's probably what broke it the most because if you only have one ship model, you're fucked because your ship gets destroyed and it's game over because, because you have to get a new life by putting a new a new ship mm. on the controller thing. It's fucking stupid. Don't do Toys to Life. It's a fucking awesome game, but they just fucked it up. It's basically what a new Star Fox game could have been. Look, Toys for Life could sustain exactly and only Skylanders and everything that tried to jump on after the fact uh, further and further killed it. I mean, Amiibo is like generally like figurines that not even toys to life. They just like you tap your thing and maybe you get a, a neat thing That's in the game. same genre, though. That's what I liked. That's uh, why I thought at the time of looking at this. I mean, at Gamescom, again, I was like, this is a cool idea. You can like take the wings, put them on backwards, switch them out with random other wings. You can stack things on top of each other, and the game notices, ooh. like, oh, this dude has four fucking wings in seven different orientations oh well let's just do it that's what the player wants <laughs> i thought that was pretty cool you can just combine shit however you want and also it kind of i can see how in the marketing they were like this makes sense because you'll have different types of weapons like ice and heat and gravity and stuff and then you'll have different kinds of enemies that can only be damaged by certain types of weapons so the fact that you can on the fly just take the thing off, put another oh, weapon on, really is a, in theory a good idea. But then in practice, it was just too late. It's a good idea on paper. It's a great idea. But you can also do that just in-game by pressing fucking X in the menu. Why not just do that? I, and in the end, they did end up having like virtual versions of the ships, and that's how I have most ships now. Because there was oh. a big sale years ago, I think two years ago ah. when I bought it, where you could just get like 30 ships for like 20 euro or something. I was like, buy this. I don't know if it was 30. It was just basically almost everything. Yeah, I'm just telling you, people, I have 50 seconds left. I'm just telling you now, if you see this, if you see something that just says Starlink on it, you can find it probably in some like 
shitty like one dollar store or something because they're just trying to get rid of all these fucking toys at the starter versions in the store they still have it for like four euros now like holy shit what kind of triple a game can you buy for four for single digit amounts none none only this because they fucked it up i mean if all i heard it has been a very fun game but yeah oh boy did they mess things up Okay, now the funny thing of, haha, I'm scared of the alarm. It's not going to happen because I'm looking at it and I'm putting stop because it was four seconds. Very good. Kind of got through this. Not the best way to talk about this topic, but okay. Bye, Starlink people. (laughs) (laughs) Not the one from Elon Musk, the one from Ubisoft. Ah, delightful. Oh, wait, that whole thing. That, never mind. That, let's not go on another tangent. Let's instead <laughs> move on to point number one. Yes. <laughs> Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is getting 48 remastered courses over the next two years as a paid DLC. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe for the Nintendo Switch is getting a massive influx of new content, with Nintendo announcing that it will be steadily adding 48 remastered courses from previous Mario Kart games to the title over the next two years as part of its new Booster Course Pass DLC. Similar to how Nintendo released additional Super Smash Bros. Ultimate DLC characters, the reprised Mario Kart 8 Deluxe courses will be added in six waves of eight courses each, released over the next two years. Actually, two years. I didn't even notice that until now. Yeah, it gets since like 2025 when they have to release like a Switch 2 or That's whatever comes next. Okay, I'll talk about that in a second. Given that Mario Kart 8 Deluxe current, current has... 40. I was like, what is this? Why does this what does this say current? What is this? Electricity? No. <laughs> Has 48 courses. The expansion will double the number of courses available to players once it finishes up in 2023. The first wave of courses is set to arrive on the 18th of March and will include Coconut Mole from Mario Kart Wii, Choco Mountain from Mario Kart 64, and Tokyo Blur from mm. Mario Kart Tour. The full booster DLC pack will cost $24.99 US dollars for all 48 courses, but Nintendo was also including the DLC for free. Boo! For subscribers, yeah. it's premium Nintendo Switch Online plus expansion pack tier, which is $49.99 per year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty hyped about this. I like Mario Kart 8, it's a good yes. game. This is basically Nintendo. You have to pay $49.99 a year for those extra courses? Well, either (laughs) that or $24.99 once, which is what I'm going to do. Yes, it's almost as if that incentive doesn't really add value to the service, and it's more like games do and like discounts. Like that's what gets people to recurringly subscribe to you. Hey. This is like. Xbox Game Pass, except it's fucking shit. Except it gives you nothing. It just takes your money. (laughs) Well, now that's Stadia. That's Stadia. 
You still do get like Lots you know all the old stuff from them, just wow. at a horribly slow pace. But you know, if if you're someone who doesn't have access to emulation or isn't like old enough to have played it as a kid, like some of those are pretty good. Like I played the original two, well, the original Star Fox, and that Star Fox Two they released exclusively for it that they just had sitting on a back shelf somewhere. That's not even true. They had it on the SNES Classic though. Oh, uh, yes, but I didn't own the SNES Classic, so... Well, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fuck me to switch online. Give Nintendo all of your money. But they they aren't selling it anymore. That's true, but you should have gotten one at that point. The the SNES Classic? Yes. I didn't want to just get a console that could only, only play old retro games. Yeah, I thought that was... Like 150 or whatever. I thought that was pretty cool, but like, not. It ha- it's of- cool if you have the nostalgic factor for it. I if fucking would have wanted one just because of how sick it looks. But yeah, then okay, I was like, fair. but then I was like, for the amount of money that I have, I cannot buy this ever, mm-hmm. and it's fine. Uh, this Mario Kart Eight is basically Nintendo's GTA Five now, isn't it? I. I don't think that's a fair comparison because, like, GTA is like a third-party thing that was on multiple successful consoles, whereas like uh, Mario Kart Eight was on the Wii U, a failed system. Like that, it, there was just like a, to salvage things out, and then it like took off. It's like the leading game on the system, the thing with the most copies sold. Yes. So like. It kind of does make sense, like this far in to like whatever sequel you have, keep it in the back burner, keep it polished, keep it relevant, you know, up to current standards, you know, keep slowly working on it until you release a new system and then drop it as opposed to like halfway through a system's life, at which point you'll start canalizing sales between the two versions on the system. It's like. Like, of all the games to have an argument to not have backwards compatibility for, it's these, like, um, these, uh, you know, cart games and, like... What does this have to do with Mario Kart 8 now? What? I don't even understand your point. Because because they have, like, 48 courses over the next two years, at which point that's the end life of the Switch. That's when the next thing is coming out. But there's no way that they won't have Mario Kart 8 on the next console. No, they're going to drop, like, the next thing. I don't think they will. If they, I mean, if they I are, could be definitely be proven wrong. I don't think you know? they're working on a new game if they're working on new tracks for Mario Kart 8. Because they did uh, Mario well, Kart to be 4 fair, these are not so much Live. new, but remastered ones. There's no, like, original courses have coming you, from okay, this. Have you played... A Mario Kart game before. What do you think the remastered tracks are? <laughs> I mean, they're built up from scratch. Don't get me wrong, but in terms of like yeah. building something up from the ground up, originally designing a track that is interesting, unique, and like fun to play, versus like here's something people like in the past. We have to make it work in this game. It is marginally easier. They don't just take the same 
models oh, from the fucking from of the N64, right? They have to like remake all the models. Yeah, in that. I they get make that. them from scratch just like by looking at the designing the course. You know, yeah, okay, and coming up with the design for a course that people like to play. Yeah, that's already done and dusted. Yes. you just gotta make it in this game now. But yeah, I could be totally wrong. This could that's the definitely same become. Who- that's the same team who would make the remade courses for the next Mario Kart game, though. They're mm. not going to have two map-making teams. And half of remade Mario- courses? And half of a Mario Kart game usually already is ha- remade courses. So, Meh. I, I mean, know. I could definitely be proven wrong. I'm I, not gonna- I just get the sense, like, when Switch 2 comes out, that's when we see, like... Uh, Super Mario Kart 9. Well, just Mario Kart, not Super. But... No, no. That's... Don't call the 11th game Mario Kart 9, you fuckers. How dare you do this? If you do but this... this is Mario Kart 8, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. And then we had Mario Kart Tour on mobile, and then we had Mario Kart Live on the Switch. 9 and 10, the 9 and 10th games. The spin-off games. Silas, the spin-off no, games. No, don't fuck with me. No. <laughs> They're going to do that, I'm sorry. They're going to fuck with you. They're going to fuck with your head by naming the 11th okay. game the 9th. If, if Mario Kart Tour... I, gi- I give it to you, that Mario Kart Live, the AR one. That's a spin-off. Fair enough. Okay. But if Mario Kart Tour, the mobile one, is a spin-off, what are they including? Why are they including tracks from Mario Kart Tour in this expansion? Because like people really didn't like Mario Kart Tour because it didn't control very well. What else? And it was like they pay to win and microtransaction-y. And they already like designed the courses, so might as well get like some major value out of them. I think no. that just means that they see this as another Mario Kart game, not as a spin-off of a Mario Kart game. But, but a spin-off is another Mario Kart game. That's the problem. That's the problem you fail to grasp. Like, it's what? not part of the why? series of them. It's just, like, a one for mobile, you know? It's not meant to be, like, the constant evolution of Mario Kart as a franchise. This is a mobile one. Not a port, because that would just be too finicky and, like, would probably blow up in our faces. We're just going to make a version exclusively for mobile. How does that make it, like, not a mainline game, though? It's, I don't know, like, probably because of, like, the microtransactions, if anything. Again, like, there used to be such potential on, like, mobile gaming, like, touchscreen stuff on your phone. And then it was just all like, you know, live simulators or, you know, what's it, um, what, whatever the clan of castles or whatever that is, things clan like that. Of or like, <laughs> or like oh, hey, like here's, here's this like tantalizing one. We have all these YouTube videos about where it's like, oh, oh yeah. my God, you can make choices and it's all so scandalous. And Console we have like level graphics. <laughs> Two, you know, like episodes in, and we're never getting any more. We're just yeah. like on your phone now, selling your data, and maybe you've paid yeah. us for something, you sucker. You know, it really has become like there's nothing inherent about like mobile games that make it less like uh, valid in comparison to like consoles or PC. It's just like the company it tends to keep, you know. 
Like you see the vast, vast swaths of pay to win microtransaction whale hunting games. And it's like, yeah, like sure, there's good stuff, but the good stuff gets ported over to consoles and PC. So it's like, eh. You rarely see like the, uh, the uh, microtransaction ones ported over. It works the and- other way, though. You'll get great mm. phone ports of like a good console game. I don't think Mario Kart Tour is, but you can get those, and those definitely exist. <laughs> but okay, I like Mario Kart 8. I didn't play it a lot because at some point I just got bored, and then I literally bought a new Nintendo 3DS XL to play Mario Kart mm-hmm. 7 again. And now I don't know where the charger is, so I played it like two times. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure you can buy another charger easy. That's true, but yeah. yeah, but I just did do it because I don't play things anyways. On a side ah. note, though, the new 3DS, the, the eye-tracking 3D is really good. Really? Yes, I really like that. I wish they would have done that on the original 3DS because then I would have ah. actually used it. You know what the weirdest but, thing yeah. is? Like, the 3D on the original uh, 3DS, and, like, I suppose the second one, the best experience I had was, like, A, that Fire Emblem game that came out for it. Because, like, honestly, like, having 2D images, but seeing them in, like, a 3D perspective, like, you can tell it is, like, it has this effect of being furthered away as opposed to just being, like, drawn relatively smaller. I mean, it still was for, like, the 2D, but the effect did add something to it. They did feel like they were popping out at different places. And the second thing was that, you know, that art uh, game or application they had for it, like 3D colors? Mm, no. You just launched it and you can, like, you know, draw things and, you know, or paint things with the 3DS in multiple layers to get the 3D effect? I don't remember that. I don't know if I had or used that. I don't know about that, no. I got it because I was hopeful for getting a bit better of art. I, I just didn't give it the time I should have. But I will say, some of the best porn I have ever seen was on that application. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, okay. 3D art porn. Picture that. It's art, but also layered in 3D. Like, it was amazing. I was so annoyed that I couldn't download and save images from it. Because, like, people are so passionate about making it, despite, like, Nintendo deleting it within a couple hours, you know? That's hilarious. Okay. But, like, it generally was, like, it it was... I went to that application so often because I know it wouldn't be there later. I'd have to check at regular intervals to, like, see this stuff. And, like... (laughs) Okay. Let me be clear. It was beautiful art. Listeners, all of you... Breathtaking. We just have to wait until... Sod realizes VR headsets exist, and then we'll see what happens. Then that's it's not that they're like the same, you know. You see things all around you in the 3D sense, but it's still like, like that 2D thing. That's not is this. Have you used a virtual reality headset before? Have you used one? No, I'm broke as shit. Well, virtual reality is for rich people. I have used one, I don't own one exactly. It's pretty wild. And if you're like, if you're impressed by some crap drawings on a fucking 3DS, let me me make this this perfectly clear. It was amazing art. 
amazing well, yeah, art. that's fair enough, but you're going to have amazing art in 3D in a VR headset. I'm not saying you can't have a fun time with that. It's just like, I don't know if it's going to have this like same artistry. I'm going to like, for that kind of thing, sure, I'll still get gratification. But let me be perfectly clear. I kept going back to that because like, it was amazing art that I knew I'd have to commit to memory uh, because it will be deleted soon. Okay. It was truly impressive to hold. Like the the layering effect just kind of works, which I don't think is like in VR. VR is like more the total immersion, but you don't really get the whole depth effect. No, it is. It's you part totally of my get that. Yeah. You genuinely do. Okay. I guess it doesn't so translate very well. Mm-hmm. Well, if you don't have one on your fucking eyes, you can't see it, right? What what does it doesn't translate well mean? If you ha- don't have a VR headset on your head, looking at the two screens with your two eyes, seeing the 3D fucking thing yourself, you can't see it. That's like yeah. looking at your 3DS, but the 3D slider is on off. <laughs> yeah, I did just say dumb thing. That's yeah. pretty shit. The whole point of it is to do a 3D immersive fucking virtual reality thing. If you're like... Genuinely, the first thing that I did when I tried the VR headset, I got into fucking Minecraft because genuinely that game works really well in VR. I mean, it would work well on Toaster, I imagine. Well, no, I mean, it works well in terms of how immersive and good it feels. Because if you're standing like in front of a hill, it genuinely looks insanely big and insanely like fucking like holy shit, how awesome is this? <laughs> and you like walk around and then like a random, I don't know, that's a random hole in the ground, like a ravine or something. And you, you're genuinely horrified that you're going to fall in there, fall down 200 meters and then break your legs. That was a mistake I made. I went on a server and I played Skyfall, which is this mini game where you literally fall oh, from the no. sky in the beginning to collect boxes oh, of like no. weapons and stuff. Shit idea. Don't do this. Do not do that. If your <laughs> yeah, first have, VR thing as your first VR thing. Like uh, recently I did the four Kings fight in Dark Souls and I had to close my eyes when I had to jump into that pit. Cause it was like, it was terrifying. I always get that visceral response of like, Oh, no, we're falling from a massive height now. Prepare to die. Yeah. Now, imagine that, but your brain literally thinks it's real life because that's all you can see and hear. It's not not that good of an experience as a (sighs) beginner. Even if it's Minecraft and it looks like a fucking, like a Super Nintendo game, it's not. A pleasant experience falling down thousands and thousands of meters <laughs> <laughs> or flying the experience of flying while you're physically standing on the ground that was like one of the few things where i was like holy shit this oh. isn't that great but then i got used to it and then i was fine and i spent like four hours in it okay mario kart 8 deluxe i'm gonna buy it <laughs> the expansion thing I, and I don't think- know. Like, if it comes free with a standard version of, like, um, how does one say, the Nintendo Switch Online service, that's fine. I'll enjoy them all the same. $24.99 for one time payment. I'm already paying for, like, the standard version. If it's for, like, the $49.99 a year or 20 a month, 
No, thank you. No, thank you. Why not just buy it for the one-time cost? Because I'm already paying for that service for other things, primarily playing games online. And I'm not that invested in them anyhow, so it's like, meh. It's there, I'll take it. If it's not, I'm not going on my way to buy the expensive like subscription service, the upgraded tier. Why do you need the nor expensive? Am I going to buy, nor am I going to buy it individually. Okay. I I don't care enough for it for the, either option. If I get it for the base one, for as long as I have the base one, good. Don't care about it otherwise. Well, I, really like, I like, like Mario Kart just fine, but not heavily invested in it. I will be heavily invested in it again when mm. the first patch of uh, things come out in March. And I think paying... How much is Mario Kart 8 now? It's a still, is it still $60. Oh, yeah. They're terrible at lowering the prices. The only way you're going to find cheaper is, like, secondhand in, like, uh, uh, used stores. Like, on their service, Shopping. it is still, still very expensive. $44.99, $47.99. So... If you oh, can, is that like a disc version or digital? Buy, no, that's the physic. That's a physical uh, one. Well, I say disc. It's cartridge. If you if you just pay twenty four ninety nine to literally double the amount of content in your game, hmm. I think that's a very good deal. <laughs> Even if I hate this kind of model where they just re- you pay one time for everything, but you don't know what everything is. That I kind of disagree with because it's basically loot boxes, but for maps. Yeah. I think that's pretty shit. I'm fine with them releasing it slowly because that way you can keep people coming back. But Mm. the fact that you have to pay for it once in the beginning or you just wait until all of them are out and then buy it, I think that's kind of shady. Hmm. It's fine. Yeah. I'm going to give them my money because I like Mario Kart very much. That's like my number one played game on the Switch. I'm very sure it is. Well, on so, that note, yeah. I don't have much more to add. Shall we move on to point can, two? Yes. Well, number two. A Google Chrome gets a new logo. Chrome is changing its logo for the first time since 2014. And if you squint really hard, you might actually be able to see what's different. Even uh, Evelyn Hugh, a designer for Google Chrome, offers a first look. No, Elvin. Oh, Elvin, my apologies. Elvin Hugh, a designer for Google Chrome, offers a first look at the logo's redesign in a thread on Twitter, as well as some of the thinking behind the ever-so-subtle changes. Instead of incorporating shadows on the broader sides between each color, essentially raising them off the screen, the red, yellow, and green are simply uh, flat. Well, I mean, that's the kind of topic you see come up in an anime. Now, bad joke aside, and while not mentioning, uh, and while not mentioned by Hugh, the blue circle in the middle seems to be bigger and stares into the soul even more. (laughs) That's my main problem with this logo, by the way, the fucking blue bowl looking into your soul. That's my main problem. I miss the shadows. It adds definition. But maybe that's just my imagination. The color in the logos do look more vibrant, probably on account of the design team getting rid of the shadows. But there's another change that I would have never noticed if I didn't read Hugh's Twitter thread. Apparently... 
Google's design team discovered placing certain shades of green and red next to each other creates an unpleasant color vibration. Uh, to fix this and make the icon more accessible, they decided to use subtle gradients that I'm convinced the human eye can't even see to prevent any color vibration. Oh. Now, oh. don't look at the link yet. Have you heard about this? Have you seen the new logo? Uh, is it the one I'm looking at right now as I'm using Google Chrome? I actually don't know. Um, from reading this, though, what change do you think happened? Uh, pretty much as stated, they changed the colors slightly, got rid of some of the definition with the shadows, and made the uh, blue circle a bit bigger. <laughs> okay. Well, you can see the logo evolution on <laughs> on the Twitter link right there. So uh-huh. please, you can click on it now. <laughs> And also, this is going to be the probably going to be the thumbnail for this fucking episode. The cover art, like holy shit! <laughs> oh my god, is it like actually kind of like subtly moving with time? No, that's my imagination. But yeah, yeah, that's I, almost no difference. <laughs> they've. I don't even know if they've like removed. Okay, yeah, they've definitely removed shadows on the inner part, yeah. but for the most part, it's just they've used brighter hues than they did previously. That's true. <laughs> uh, I think this is hilarious to me because you know mm. you you just know that Google has spent like I don't know a hundred thousand dollars on research how to improve this Pro- fucking oh, logo. Probably more. Probably more. Like, this is that- what they come up with. A single that's human no could live the rest of life off of. There's no absurd. difference. That's shit. That's like no difference to me. That, I mean, there is, but there's no difference, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. If anything, they made the blue in the middle a little darker. All all the colors are just more. And I think it looks really ugly. I fucking hate the Google Chrome logo. I don't know. I just don't like this shape. Yeah, the only one I really liked is like the 3D one. From Why like does it look like a fan? Yeah, the 3D one is kind of original, but then what are the other ones? It looks like a fan to me. Why is it a fan? Uh, probably because you're thinking of like the motion blur effect of a fan in motion. You know, like you're thinking the blades, and well, these are the blades in motion being assorted. It has three blades. It literally has. Look at it. Red, green, yeah, and like yellow. The, the elongatedness of them is because like they're getting distorted because of how fast they're moving. Well, at least that's I, how it's working out I in my mind. I don't know about that. It just looks like fan blades to me. Like a static fan, not turned on even. What is this even supposed to show? Is this supposed to be like a futuristic eye or something? I don't even fucking give a shit anymore. I like yeah. the Firefox logo because it's a globe and a fox. And even the simplified version that we have now is fine because it still has a fox on it and a little purple. I really earth. hate like this whole trend of simplicity going on in like design courses right now. Don't get me wrong. It could certainly work if you're if it fits the flow or the spirit or just, you know, like the genre of what you're trying to do. Like this extends absolutely everywhere. One game uh, it happened massively in was like a Ghost of Tsushima. 
which works very well for like the theme and setting and style of the game. But another one that it also happened in was like a Horizon Zero Dawn, a game where you legitimately have an augmented reality uh, AR piece of technology on your head that augments reality around you and highlights certain things. But it do- goes out of its way not to provide a waypoints naturally in the game without turning them on separately, or highlight like climbable bits in the ob- in the environment, you know, for parkouring. You know, the game where you literally have the bit of tech on your head to do that to actually make it like um, naturally occurring in the world, something that's actually happening. And the game's like, nope, simplicity, minimalism. Well, I've great. Put- I've put a link to the Firefox logo. It's the last two in our chat, in the Zencaster chat. Mm-hmm. That's the amount of simplicity that I like. You can it's, you can see it's simple, but you know exactly what they mean. Oh, yeah, it's still, it the, it's still the same thing with just like a few less like details on the side. Yeah, but they even my, like do multiple colors to keep like the shadow effect in, which is very nice. And my my problem with the Google Chrome logo just is that it never represented anything in the first place. <laughs> it's just a like a ball with like it's three like, slices and another ball in the middle. Like, what is that? What is this? Primary colors and another one added in. It's like... It's the colors of Google. Okay, I get that. But then what is that shape? Nobody knows. Nobody maybe it actually, knows. Maybe it actually is an eye. Who could say? Maybe it's like slowly draining your soul from you every single day. That's why I really hate the newest one. I hate all of them, but I hate the newest one so much because the I, the blue bit is just that. (laughs) It's just that much bigger. It it looks more aggressive. Okay, point number three. The cost of ripping and replacing Chinese cellular equipment has ballooned by millions, uh, by billions. Sorry, I almost said millions there, but this is an insane thing. Millions aren't enough. <clears throat> the estimated cost of replacing Huawei and ZTE equipment in US networks has increased substantially. On Friday, Federal Communications Commission FCC Chairwoman Jessica Rosenwalshell, Walshell, what is this? Polish? <laughs> okay, that a Jewish? Honestly, can't tell. A, a name that is hard for me to say. Anyway, Rosenwalshell. Rosenwalshell. That's the best. Uh, that's my guess. I think so. Yeah, but I don't know. Um, told Congress that providers had applied to be reimbursed for no to be reimbursed 5.6 billion US dollars for ripping and replacing equipment deemed insecure by the US government. In September 2020, the FCC estimated that the effort would cost 1.8 billion US dollars, and in December 2020, Congress earmarked, that's the first time I've ever read this word, earmarked, Mm -hmm. around 1.9 billion for the effort. So the supply chain reimbursement program was put in place after uh, after intelligence agencies raised concerns about carriers building out their 5G networks with equipment from Chinese companies like Huawei. 
The FCC under former chairman Ajit Pai said set said ZTE and Huawei were national security risks, more or less blocking telecoms from purchasing equipment from them. We know about that. We've heard these stories many times. But by that point, some carriers had already bought and installed equipment from the manufacturers, and smaller telecoms claimed they wouldn't be able to bear the replacement costs, especially since the main draw of the Chinese equipment was its low cost compared to other providers. The program was designed to reimburse providers of advanced telecommunication services for costs reasonably incurred for removing, replacing and dispersing of communications equipment and services from ZTE and Huawei. After surveying the networks, uh, after surveying networks that had the Chinese equipment in 2020, the FCC reported that it would cost. Is that the same thing again? Yep. Did I copy something wrong? I copied the wrong thing. Well, basically, no. I think you just started reading it again. No, 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 no. I'm right. I'm down here. I think I copied it wrong. Oh no, no, you did. Because that's somewhere. No. Well, okay. Well, anyways, I think I've fucked up with some copying. Probably. Basically, the FCC has this ban. Or the government of the US has this ban on the Chinese stuff because they think that Chinese people are going to spy on, I don't know, people going to for affinity. <laughs> I mean, specifically not Chinese people, but the Chinese oh, no. government. Yeah, but, that's yeah. true. So they have this, this plan where companies can apply to get the money back that they spend on ripping out the Chinese equipment and putting in good European or American technology and they estimated 1.8 billion seems like a lot of money but actually they have all applied for 5.6 billion already so and it's not probably not even done ripping all of those things out so it's probably going to get higher than that this was like pretty obvious to me or everybody because this is a fucking <laughs> this is an insane idea. Not that it's insane that people are going to get spied on. That's I'm probably sure that's going to happen. I don't know. Yeah, it's um, that's something real realistic. The fact that they have to rip out basically all equipment that they've put in already is yeah, that's obviously going to be expensive. Yeah, and none of this money. You marked it so low. None of this money is like. Well, they haven't paid anything out yet, and they won't be paying it out in a long time. They still have to go through like, I don't know what it said. I copied the wrong thing, but basically, it could be a lower number that they end up paying. Not five point six billion. Could be more. Could be less. There's no clear clear number yet for what it's actually going to be but definitely not 1.8 billion that was not a good, uh, good I thing. find this typical of like the American government they tend to do very bad polling for certain issues then in turn provide like resources that are far what's the opposite of excess in um, reduction I, I'm going with that of what would actually be needed to sort the problem, and thus they quickly run out. I think it was the same way with like um, 
PPE loans during the pandemic and like the money they gave out for people who had to stay at home for months on end. It's like one, again, Joe Biden's government won $1,600 check when they promised like 2000 which real, real classy of them. But yeah, like the American government always just like underestimates what it will take to solve a problem and, you know, thus under delivers. I mean, the systemic pattern behavior policy is a shit job because bad things can happen and nobody will do anything against it because, oh, it costs too much or something. Yeah. You have to make a trade off between do we say the complete truth? Or do we skew what's supposed to happen just slightly to increase the chances of this actually happening? If the people said, oh, we have to get 8 billion US dollars to replace all of this stuff, we'll just have to give out this money, nobody would have agreed to this. 1.8 is a lot less than what it apparently is going to cost. They probably knew it's going to be more than 1.8. They definitely knew that, but sometimes to win you'll have to I guess not lie but yeah just skew it very so slightly get the wrong numbers sometime I think they did this maybe on purpose not for evil reasons because obviously they want all those fucking Chinese things replaced I don't know I don't know this is an interesting situation. I'm going to see what happens with this. I hope that all the carriers get their money back. Like, actually, I do. Usually, I'm like, fuck the carriers and stuff like that. But, goddamn, if you buy insane amounts of equipment and then, like, I don't know, years later, the people are like, the government is like, wait, did you buy this from the Chinese again? No, yeah, don't do this. That's a shit move. That's a really that bad sussy. move. Again, I get why they're doing it. Both parties. It's cheap. It's cheap in it. Yeah, but it's also a spy in it. Mm. <laughs> it is. So, it really is. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I'm not. Um, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> gonna, one thing to keep in mind is the Amazon amacity towards like internet service providers and like because they are carved up into little fiefdoms that constantly provide poor service to people who have no realistic means of getting any other service provider and i think i mentioned this before they have actually passed legislation to prevent like towns and cities from building their own wi-fi infrastructure uh. so it's like kind of feel bad if they don't get it but at the same time it's like maybe you know provide a good service then you know Really get that sympathy from me. Really work for it. Yeah. But they're getting a few bonus sympathy points now by being screwed over by the government. At least on my end. Hmm. Yeah, so I guess we're done with this topic. I just put this in because, yeah, to me that was almost obvious that this is going to be very expensive. And it was obvious, clearly obvious to the government as well, but they just didn't have the right amount there. Number four, Belton fired uh, 2,800 employees and gave them free Peloton memberships. 
as Peloton announced it was firing 2,800 people Tuesday morning. Its outgoing CEO outlined in a memo the meaningful service package those those who are losing their jobs will receive. And great news, it includes a complimentary, a complimentary, there we are, getting tired, Peloton membership for the next year. Under a section in the goodbye memo titled, Take Care of Our Team, Foley uh, said the company was equipping every team member leaving Peloton with helpful tools to make them a comfortable, and uh, make them as comfortable as possible as they explore their career path post-Peloton, as if the five people are just going on a long trip and need snacks and a pillow. A neck pillow, my bad. In addition to the offering uh, career services and extending uh, quantitative vesting periods through the end of the month, Peloton is giving those... Wait, wait, wait. Equity... Equity, Equity, my bad. Vesting periods, my bad. Uh, Peloton is giving those leaving the company a meaningful cash severance uh, allotment and having their healthcare benefits extended for a period of time that was not specified. You know, five minutes, that's a period of time. And the monthly Peloton membership will be complimentary for impacted team members for an additional 12 months. Well, I really don't have much more to say than fuck Peloton. They have constantly been going down in people's opinions. I believe, like, one of the characters in a, what's it, sitcom? Not, uh, what's it, um, dramedy or... Not oh, sitcom, but what's the word? Just a uh, TV so, show. <laughs> well, drama TV show. So you got to be specific about that. Yeah, that's actually, I think like that's been died. multiple now, actually. I think at least two that I've heard of. Died on Peloton. Yeah. They made they did the Ryan Reynolds approach of getting like a, the guy out in an ad super quick. You know, day over, overnight it just to get on the airwaves. And it's like, he's still alive at the end. Uh, but like, it turns out one of them was a, a sex offender. You know, sexually assaulted some people. If really? I mean, correctly. who's that? Yep, I can't remember. It's one of the two of them, man. It's like we because that weirdly back, didn't get that weirdly did not make a lot of headlines. I'm only hearing about this like offhandedly way after it happened. But yeah, really sucks. We some of those people. Peloton it, is going down. I don't think. Like, I think is, they recently uh, admitted. Sorry, I'll just say this: yeah. that they've kind of reached like peak saturation. Just about like as many people who are going to buy and continuously use and pay for the subscription service of Peloton have opted into the service, and now it's like treading water and making sure you don't go down. Uh, which has really hurt the stock, because when you say, like, we're kind of out of potential for growth here, like, investors start to flee before they even find out, well, you're going to sink because of it. But yeah. Yeah. So, okay, I don't think Peloton is the evil people here. Well, they could be. But Peloton has been around since 2012, so mm. what I think happened is basically that during the pandemic, they just grew really hard, 
Ah. faster than their brains grew so they kind of i think they made like shit decisions and then the growth kind of stopped because everybody was like well we have a we have pelotons now and also we can go outside again so it's fine uh yeah and then things like this happen i guess where you have to fire three almost three thousand people at once because your company is just like well i guess we're fucked now when you expand too fast mm. and you don't realize that your expansion at that moment is just a basically a temporary boost, that's not good for your company, is it? Oh, yeah. Because so, then, like I said, you read saturation and then like investors spook. So. Yeah. If you look at, well, the Wikipedia page, it shows that in 2019... They already had 500,000 paying subscribers and they already had revenue of 915 million US dollars. That's fine. That's good. That's a good amount of money to make or to to have run through your company. If they had just Mm -hmm. stayed like that, I think everything would have been fine. But the fact that they shot up momentarily during the pandemic, I think that was not good for them. And then if you click on the article that's linked in the sources, uh, <laughs> it actually right here, it says that the one of that those bikes go for around $3,000 and the membership is $39 a month, mm-hmm. which is or, or $468 a year. So this article suggests that, well, we don't know this, but if they got a bike, a Peloton bike that they should just sell it on <laughs> that they should oh. just sell the used bike because they'd make more money from it because the bikes go between eight hundred and a thousand dollars on eBay. <laughs> oh. So imagine people being like, Well, I'm fine now. Fuck this fucking Peloton thing. I don't need this. Sell it on eBay for four thousand dollars. That's that I think that's pretty funny. This is this is so wild to me. This is like pure America here. Oh, we'll offer you a good package for when you're leaving and also you can use our services, how great they are for another year. What does that mean? What does this mean? How can oh. you just fire 2,800 people at once in like a day? I imagine this. I've heard this from people who worked at um, NASA's, NASA's show on Mm -hmm. a German, well, internet TV channel. And they had one episode where it was basically just people from the gaming industry talking about how their companies got fucked. And one of the dudes worked at a uh, Sega location in the US at some point, a German dude who worked at Sega then. And basically, he had a colleague that worked there for like 15 years. And then everybody went in at like nine. Mm-hmm. Everybody got an email like, oh, stay at your desks. Do not leave. Uh-oh. And at, at that point, it's already like, this This cannot happen in Germany. This is not a thing. And then like 15 minutes later, the colleague that's worked there for 15 years could just go back home again and never come back. And I'm like, how the fuck... How, why? You can't treat people like this. You can't have people come in and be like, let go 
15 minutes later, especially if they've worked there a big amount of <laughs> big amount of time. <laughs> what is this? Zero worker protection. Yeah, kind of. Like, Fuck. honestly. Probably because like, there's like, low rates of unionization as well in America. I, yeah, I imagine this is what happened at Palaton right there. That's probably something similar. They went to work, logged into their online work thing or whatever. Mm. Oh, God. That's not good. That's not... I don't like this. I'm very happy to be in Germany. I feel pretty shit for the 2,800 people that just uh, fucked now. I hope that the... What did they say? The 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 meaningful mm-hmm. cash severance allotment is a good thing. I hope it that they, probably wouldn't be. It would probably that, be the bare minimum. I hope that the healthcare benefits it's extended for a period of time is also long enough that you don't have to, I don't know, break your leg and then have a mm. hundred thousand dollars of debt. So do I. This is. This is not good. Uh, last episode was uh, already really depressing. I don't know if this one is that much better because of this show. <laughs> or because of this I topic, mean, I mean. Any news gets depressing. Like, there's always going to be something that brings you down. And that, while there is also, like, you know, good advice and, like, learning when to bail out and, like, you know, just focus on your mental health, you also do have to, like, you know, work on strengthening your resistance and your resolve to handling and processing this information. Not all at once, not so you can handle absolutely everything in the world, but slowly but surely, so you have to bail out less and less. Because, like, there are things that need to be talked about and dealt with out in the world. And being informed about them is one of the best ways to start doing something. Well, I like how things work here. Basically, the longer you well, this is this is a law thing. First of all, so everybody follows this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the longer you work at your company, the harder it becomes to fire you. So that's nothing in America. Um, so if you work at a company, I forgot what it is, but like the longer you work there, the longer the period is that you need between you putting in your your notice that you don't want to work there anymore and then actually being let go. I don't know the actual numbers, but like imagine, oh, you work there one year and then you have a two-week period. You work there for like five years and then it's like, I don't know, two months of a period or something, which is on both ends. So if you want to go to another job, you have to put your notice in X amount of weeks before. So your company knows oh, this person's going to be gone in enough days, in like two months, so we know to get a replacement. But it also protects the worker from getting fucked because you can't get, you can't be let go within a day because you always have X amount of weeks that you know you're still going to be employed for. Mm. That sounds so much better. America sucks in so many ways. You don't, uh, I think you don't have to follow this if you get like, if you can make like a weird deal where they just pay you like $6,000, 6,000 euros or something, and then you just shut up. <laughs> Basically, that can happen too. But I mean, yeah. 
$6,000 for like a severance package and like, you know, a middle earning job is not a bad thing, you know, or minimum wage. But I don't think at that point they'd like pay you 6000 I think they'd just like wait it out. But if you're making like 30000 35000 a year you know, and your job is just coming to an end and they throw that at you to get you out the door quicker, you'd have to think about it. Well, from the same show that I just talked about, there was this other dude who worked at a major mm-hmm. company. And then the media company got bought by Premier, which is now Sky. Ah, and okay. then, so he didn't want to work at that company anymore. And he, he, he put in his resignation thing, whatever that's called. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was like three months or something that he would still have to be employed by the law thing that I just said. I think it was like a few months or something. And then like okay. literally like a few days later, the whole team and the whole building was like get together including him and was like well we have to Uh stop producing immediately and you'll all be let go and you'll now go to this office and then you can you can get x amount of like euro for not coming here anymore and everybody looked at him because Uh that just looks really shady right being like oh well because he got he still got paid for like three months for not working Ooh. there because the company <laughs> shut down, but they had to pay him still. And everybody else just got this one-time payment and he just moved to another city and like chilled out there for like three months. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, what was the difference? Normally. So uh. yeah, everybody thought like, oh, he was fucking in on it, but he really doesn't, he doesn't seem like he was just so uh, <laughs> how, uh, how uh, lucky he was, I guess. Oh, that... Wow. So, yeah. Everybody on that company basically got fucked, including, like, the, the boss of them. He couldn't do anything other because if you get bought by a premier and they shut you down, <laughs> you can't do anything. <laughs> if anything, uh, if anything, whatever you hear, like, these statements, you know, will all employees please, like, wait at your desk or please go and so-so place? You know you're getting shut down. Uh, Have notice of resignation ready at all times and whenever you hear that don't go where they say don't say where you are go to wherever you turn in your resignation I don't know if that works though at that day you have to do it before though <laughs> right I don't know I mean as long as like it hasn't been explicitly stated over the late uh, telecom you know you're getting fired get out might still work, at very least is a lawsuit that might be more expensive than just paying you so-and-so months. If you drag it out. And at that point, it's easier for them to pay. Maybe that works. Maybe you can try that, people. I mean, that's Maybe like the American perspective on like lawsuits. It's like, how do I make this so expensive for the other person that I just win either way? They either burn through a ton of money which hurts them severely, or they give me what I want. Well, I mean, their solution, their solution to that was like just taking consoles and games and shit and like mm. these little USB sticks that unlock Photoshop and stuff like that. That's just what kind of happened because they shut down that location, but they had another location in a different, a completely mm-hmm. different city. And then once the other location shut down, suddenly there was like, 
a day a day before that announcement was made, like there were locks everywhere suddenly <laughs> on all the like cupboards and stuff where uh-huh. the consoles were. So yeah, I was like, oh look, yeah, I'm gonna have I, I fancy a Dreamcast right now. Fuck this <laughs> company, anyways. Take it. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, I mean, at that point, just get the bolt cutters. Well, but then it's uh, illegal. Well, it's also illegal before, but like, how are you going to know? Nobody's going to know that this NVIDIA graphics card is missing now. I mean, they are going to know, but it's not like a forceful thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, bolt cutters aren't that force either. You just got to find a way to get them in. I remember now they actually had like a security dude on the second location that would actually ah. like check your box and stuff. <laughs> So, so what uh, you're saying uh, is <laughs> prison pocket? No. Yeah, we just get a condom and like you know all sorts of stuff out. <laughs> make sure to tie ropes to make no, sure you know how to no, get no. out there. <laughs> do that with a do that with a GPU. Yeah. Yeah, you said graphics card. Yeah. That's a lot easier than a GPU. If you're able to fit a GPU up there at that oh. awkward shape, oh, then well, you are that's the gaping same thing, massively. Though, yeah. that's like... Well, graphic cards are a bit more angular, you know? They, they're more de- ergonomically designed to be shoved up Ooh. one's butt. <laughs> okay. That's the same uh, thing, though. <laughs> GPUs are more square, are they not? Whereas, like, uh, graphic cards are more rectangular. Well, technically, GPU just means literally the small chip on a graphics card, but most gaming people just use GPU and graphics card interchangeably because that's basically what it is. I was mistaking it for, like, the motherboard. That's what I was thinking of. What? No, the GPU is a little chip on the graphics card that Ah, actually does the math. Silly, silly me. Silly, silly me. Five thousand dollar gaming PC. Don't even know what a GPU is. That's what. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to learn about these things. That's good. But you're not learning enough, seemingly. <laughs> I've learned, I know about the different types of memories. Okay. I've retained that information. What what types are there? Oh god, the proper names escape me. But there's flash memory, and what's it that stays? Uh, constant whether the PC is on and off and there's temporary stuff. You have solid state drives, which are more expensive for like the terabyte. So yeah, but um, are not memory. a lot, a lot faster. Well, I mean storage, that's what I meant. Okay. It, well, they do get a bit complicated because people say storage and memory interchangeably in the yeah, common tongue. They yeah, shouldn't. Technically, yeah. yeah, I get that. They really shouldn't. I am conflating then, the two, okay. and I know the two That's, of them. Yeah. Whereas memory is just That's like, like uh, GPU random and access memory. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, a lot of people in layman tongue do, and it is equally as wrong. Speaking yeah, of think... chips, number oh, five. Oh, good segue. <laughs> Very I good realized. segue. AMD does a $35 billion deal. With Xilinx. You have never heard of, of Xilinx, have Ooh. you? 
No, what not. is that? I, I saw the X and I was filling out Xbox for some reason, so no, no, well, I have not heard of them. Time to read this. I'm going to do it. I think... No. I did mm-hmm. the Peloton one, too. I, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Well, I'm, the cost of... I, uh, no, no. I I did the Peloton. Yeah, did... Oh, oh yeah. I should have done... I don't yeah, know. I it did do matter. it. You do this one. I did. I, I did do the Peloton, and then you <laughs> talked about it for quite a lot. I did have a lot to add to that. So uh, this is your one to read off. Okay. Well, AMD's thirty-five billion US dollar acquisition of semiconductor company Xilinx is officially going through with the deal. Originally announced in October twenty twenty, finally meeting all the various regulatory approvals it needs. It needs to happen. The transaction which would be the largest in AMD's history, is set to go through mm. next week on the 14th of February, AMD announced. The deal cleared its final hurdle, regulatory approval in China. On yeah. the 27th of January, setting the stage for AMD and Xilinx to finally close the acquisition. They are the kind of chips used for a wide array of industrial applications and would help... Help... <laughs> help <laughs> I'm sorry would help AMD <laughs> why do I say help that way like, how do you say help 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 okay help AMD expand into new markets and types of chips that it doesn't already make they're also a key part of modern data centers alongside the CPUs and GPUs that AMD already sells allowing it to offer clients more comprehensive solutions for what's becoming an increasingly key part of AMD's business. The Xilinx acquisition will help AMD continue to face off against its biggest competitor, Intel, which purchased Xilinx's biggest rival in the FPGA space, Altera. Altera? I think Mm. Altera. Back in 2015. Once the deal closes... No, once the deal closes, AMD and Intel will have yet another area to square off, albeit through Xilinx and Altera. Um, You're sure they compete. Yeah. So Xilinx make FPGAs and ASIC chips and other things like that. So Mm -hmm. have you heard of that before? (laughs) No. So an FPGA is a field programmable gate array which is basically a tiny chip, mm-hmm. which is really, really fast. Oh. And also, well, do you know how a CPU can do a ton of different things? Kind yes. of. You can, you can program it to do basically whatever. That's also what an FPGA does, but differently. You can basically program that chip to do specific functions, like emulating a different chip. I think they use those in some Ooh. console, uh, new console things to emulate older consoles with FPGAs. Oh, actually pretty useful. You can program it. It basically has like logic gates in it. I don't mm-hmm. know if that makes sense to you. You can do like different types of logic and you can program it to do whatever things you need to do. If you have some kind of algorithm and you're like, oh, this isn't fast enough on a normal CPU... You can program the gates in these chips to only do this kind of logic, and then it's going to be really fast. So this is very interesting, not for consumers, really, but for like the data center people. 
because I imagine like certain consumers that like do like indie work in terms of, like um game development like maybe they could see some use there or just like other projects aren't part of like large corporations. But well, yeah, for like the everyday common person, I don't see this like being companies need very this. useful. Yeah, yeah. This is true. basically for between where making a a completely custom chip doesn't make sense yet, but also uh-huh. a normal CPU or a normal off-the-shelf chip isn't good enough. You can basically get this and then write your own chip in software. So that's a pretty good. Hey, and then and pretty good. And then an ASIC, which is oh fuck, what is it? An application-specific integrated circuit, I believe, is what it stands for. Is it? Let's fact check this. ASIC. Application-specific integrated circuit. I was correct. That's basically the same thing as an FPGA, except you do the programming once while you design the chip. Ah, and then so it's, it's basically... At that point, it's kind of locked in. It's a completely custom chip at that point, yeah. Ah. So, Yeah. That's what they, uh, what are they called? Zy thing something? As a doc? Do, 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 uh, Xilinux. Yeah, Xilinux. Xilinux. This is a completely different space that apparently AMD is not is not in yet, so that's pretty good. And I mean, yeah, on that point, at- it is good, but I think I we did, t- I, at least I talked previously about like, you know, like all these just being made by like a handful of companies are probably rather dangerous if like one of them goes down of a cybersecurity attack, somebody like launches some rockets at like the head office. Yeah. Or the like or just, you know, like it's all just made in one country and then people go to war in that country and that disrupts the supply chain. Well like I mean, again, some national development within like various nations to account for a certain amount of usage of said product would be ideal. Not just all like these massive mega corporations that have factories all over the globe that could, you know, if supply chains get strained, really slow down production. Like as we've seen with over the last year or so. Well, Xilinx also don't make their own chips, just like AMD. They also just ah. design them and then buy them from other companies that actually make them. They're a fabulous company. Uh. Um, yeah, so that they won't magically have more capacity to make more CPUs and stuff now. This is basically just Ding. buying cool engineers. I think that's basically what they're doing. <laughs> And if you go Amazing, but... like their site, let's just type in the Xilinx. I looked around a bit there, and I think this is like pretty cool. It's very nerdy shit. Hmm. They claim to be literally the inventors of FPGAs. Nah, Dang, big claim. So, yeah. They have like, I think they have like madly cool looking things. I have no use for it whatsoever. I don't want any of these, but like... Wow. You you don't want them for, like, practical reasons. I have literally no use for this. Yeah. I know. Like, it would be nice if you had, like, infinite money and could just buy these. Yeah, to just uh, fuck around and see what what I could even do with this. Probably nothing, because 
my mm. skills aren't good enough. <laughs> but I, I mean, once you got the things, like you'll get better with time. I don't need. Well, yeah, it's just madly cool this site and what they do. They seem to be a very successful company. And they apparently are. They are the biggest manufacturer in all of this. So, to be honest, I would prefer good. if like AD&D and Xilinx would both expand into the fields they are shortcoming in individually, as opposed to just engaging with a merger with each other, thus reducing competition on the field. Even if it is just indirect, they do similar things, but not the exact same things. But again, that's just why I am. Well, yeah, it's like complementary technology, right? Mm. But they could also like have expanded individually to come up with the shortcomings of the things they don't do. Start doing this complementary technology themselves, so you can eventually get like an entire line of said software. That's like not software, but designs for hardware that are just like AD- AMDs or Xilinx. Xilinx. Links. I am mispronouncing it. And you can probably tell because you, I'm saying links so often when I see that L-I-N-X. That is a uh, brand of deodorant fairly popular in the UK and Ireland. Okay. So that's really affecting my pronunciation of that word. It's just like instinctual. When I try and my, say those four <laughs> letters together, it comes out as a links. My problem while trying to say this was the old... Uh, CPU company Cyrex, which used to make chips competing with AMD and Intel until they fucked up. Um, nobody knows that they exist. Nobody nowadays knows, but I know because I'm a dumb fucking nerd that's interested in companies that haven't existed for 30 years. <laughs> I mean, there's always something interesting uh, to learn about how they went under and just where exactly those assets ended up. I'm hoping that we're at some point going to see like a new third like competitor in the CPU space. We won't. Mm-hmm. I don't think we will. But if we could, I think that would be pretty cool. So somebody who has a lot of money, just do it. I just, would enjoy seeing that as well. I think what... See mm-hmm. if you can buy the Cyrix name. Anyone who has money, buy the Cyrix name and hire like a few engineers and make a new good CPU. <laughs> <laughs> and then convince people to buy it because people make CPUs like IBM's power architecture exists still and other things. Risk five, but nobody uses that because either it's like a really niche thing or it's like brand mm. new. So yeah, we're fucked. I think yeah. we're fucked with two companies. Just, I don't I, think that's good. Mm-hmm. Could do not. No, I just don't think a duopoly in desktop and laptop processing chips for like big computing workloads is a good thing. Now we have um, Apple, right, with the M1 yeah. and M1 X, M1 Max and M1 Pro chips. That's mm-hmm. good, but you can't run Windows on it. You don't yeah. run Linux on it either, so it's not really a competitor. It is, but not it's, really. It's designed specifically for like the uh, Apple yeah. iOS and Mac and Mac OS. Yeah, it's not a uh, competitor in the sense that you can just buy it and put it in a normal PC, right? So, 
my ideal, like besides like just like general national production is like, you know, wartime production acts, you know, emergency production act. Like, in, I don't know if this is the same for everywhere, but in the U.S., you can just declare like a, an emergency and order people to produce certain things or like establish like chains to produce those things that also just like say, yeah, no, we're not really going to pay attention to patents or copyright, you know. We kind of really need to produce these for like uh, the security of the nation, so we're just going to make this, which is what I wish they would do for like you know, a lot of these chips. Again, it's just bad that it's made by like two companies. Well, Intel made so no, like chips eh. in the U.S. and they're building a massive plant in Ohio. <laughs> oh, that's good. I that's of course I'm younger. That that's actually good. Yeah, that is good, but. One company is not enough. Yeah. Yeah, and also, like, yeah. all of it being owned by companies as well. I think I also said previously, one of the reasons I really want this is also to put, serve as, like, a price anchoring point. So that way, once these things that would be, you know, produced by the com- uh, the country they're made in, owned by them, you know, be a national service, would keep the prices for these items very close to cost, which in turn, they may not be the best, but, you know, it will drive down the prices of the competitors and stop, like, the inflation and, you know, brand pricing somewhat. Where it's like, you know, say, slightly slow RAM, but, like, it's, what's it, um, $30 or so lower in cost compared to, like, the, sp- the speed drop. It's like... The, the slower stuff is just more price efficient. So in turn, it serves the other ones to lower their prices if they want to be bought. But and I, th- I think everyone can admit right now, a lot of countries in the world are not handling this shit well. Just not at all. I don't know. I think there are actually like more plans in the EU now to get chip manufacturing back here Dang. i haven't looked at I mean, it that much i just heard people talk about it i think I don't, the it. eu as an entity is always the exception despite like a lot of the member states making up a bunch of other other examples you know it's like they mess up on the local level when you start examining things but the eu does still like pull its shit together I would be fucking happy to like rock a random new brand of like x86-based chips, but like made in the EU, designed in the EU. I would fucking Ugh. like that a lot. We don't have a lot of tech That'd be companies very good. here. <laughs> yeah, because it all comes like uh, exporting the labor because it was cheaper than the relative cost of like a skilled worker yeah. within your own country. Why pay like someone thirty dollars an hour when you can pay like five people or six people five dollars an hour? Literally, you know, to do the same in, work. Literally, in my town where I live, we used to have this uh, company that would like make TV sets and radios and innovate on that front and sell mm-hmm. those things. They would literally build them and design them and manufacture them here. They would literally also make their own tools. That's this documentary on on you can find on YouTube in German. Yeah, that doesn't sound too bad. Like they, most people who were in this town worked there, and then 
you look at the 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 complex of buildings who have these massive buildings and these massive yeah. letters of the company Zaba, the name of it. I forgot yeah. what it stands for. It doesn't matter. You've probably not heard of it, but they were pretty big in Germany, and you can still find things by them. They have their own. They had their own record label for like music and stuff. Their own standards, music standards, like formats. Mm-hmm. Different disc formats and t- tape formats and stuff like that. Pretty good. And then, and then, they were like, "Well, we can just get this from Asia." And basically, at that point, it kind of like failed because why would you buy it from Zaba if it's the same thing as a fucking Sony, anyways, mm. or whatever, right? And then it yeah. kind of folded and fused with some other company. And now it's like a dead brand, and the company it fused with is also like kind of fucked mm. now, and it basically doesn't exist anymore. There's a lot of like zombie brands about it out just there. Completely died. And they've just te- torn down almost all the buildings last year. And my grandpa oh. actually used to work there. So before they destroyed it, we would walk around and he'd be like, well, yeah, this is where the office was before. And here's where they did, I don't know, this testing of fucking radio technology that never existed before. And I was oh. like, holy shit, this is fucking awesome. But then the yeah. where did bad things. As it typically does in, like, a purely capitalist system without, like, any uh, say from the workers. Because, like, the executives in the company only care about, like, making money. And, you know, sometimes that comes at the expense of uh, the workers. And they have, like, no ethical qualms about it whatsoever. They will always choose money over the worker. They genuinely build basically everything themselves, except for, like, I guess, raw materials. They didn't make their own metal, mm. but they made their own, like, chassis and stuff, and they painted them, came up with the electronics and the testing equipment and stuff, and basically everything. Literally everything <laughs> they've done. That is depressing. Quality products. And then uh, they fucked up. Rather uh, deliberately. That was actually not that good walking. Pa- I walk past that area every day because that's where my bus stop is. So mm-hmm. just seeing this kind of iconic brand and company like slowly get demolished. Like, oh. like you would walk past it and you're like, oh, fuck. Well, the letters are gone now. Well, that's genuinely like oh. memorable, memorable part of the town is done now. Well, there we go. The last relic finally removed. They have a tent now. There's a tent with the logo on it. <laughs> I don't know what's going oh, on. No. The only cool thing that they did was before they tore the, to, tore the whole area down, they uh-huh. allowed like graffiti stuff on it. So you had these amazing artists spend like their time there for like two months or something. And you would just walk across and see fucking great art everywhere. Because graffiti people, pretty good if they are legal graffiti people. Graffiti? Do you mean graffiti? Graffiti, yeah. Uh, I don't know how you pronounce it in English. I've never heard that before. Graffiti, graffiti, gravity. (laughs) Graffiti, yes. (laughs) Zero gravity. Keep in mind, I still have the words and I have a a fake posh British accent, so. You are a faker. So am I. So, yeah, graffiti. 
<laughs> that was cool though. That was awesome. Yeah. Whenever an area is like greenlit for legal graffiti, then it's always awesome. The only graffiti that graffiti that's shit. Fuck this word. The only street art that's shit is the mm-hmm. ones made by dumb fuckers who don't like care that it's illegal. So yeah, the green light, and you're gonna see really good stuff. Still sad though. <laughs> Still not good that this company just fucked up. Yep, just because like the management was like, yeah, we're just gonna make this in Asia. It'll be cheaper. And it's like, oh no, no, your long term plan there was just like immediate short term gains, and it uh, killed the company. They went from they were founded in in. Holy shit, in 1835. Damn. They died in 1996. Damn. Oh, 86, 86. I read it wrong. And then the parent company, the, the, well, not the parent, but the resulting company, after they themselves fucked off, they kind of fused with another company, and then that company died in 2007. Hmm. I guess it's like one of those ghost brands that you just see with like random cheap, like Chinese headphones for like five euro or something. I, kind of crap. I like thing. the term zombie brands because yeah. like they're just kind of yeah, like yeah. slinking on, not quite dead yet, but certainly not alive either. In a truly horrific state of affairs. Anywho. I believe that's about everything for this point. Yeah. And that woefully brings us to the end of another episode. Yes. This was um, very long. I'll see how <laughs> see how far I can edit this down. It's going to be fine. Let's try and figure out some form of black magic to work on this episode. Yeah, I don't think two hours is that bad. It's longer than we wanted. But it's fine. Yeah, I mean, longness isn't necessarily isn't a problem as long yeah. as like you keep the good stuff in. Like if this still ends yeah, up being point, like at some point, editing just becomes like crap. <laughs> yeah, well, you gotta remember sometimes, like you know, just like except okay, so there may be light things to cut out, or sometimes you really do have to cut out a lot of heavy stuff. You know, not everything has to be like perfectly cut out or like meeting a certain quota, because at that point you do you do start driving yourself mad about what to cut and what to keep. Everybody, thank you for joining us today. If you've made it this far, be sure to leave a rating and a uh, review if you can do that on your platform, and uh, follow us on the social medias. We have the link trees always down below in the box. Uh, Where can they find you, Silas? Well, I'm just going to say click on the link tree. (laughs) I'm just going to call out my uh, Twitch and uh, YouTube channel, Sod Passion Gaming. That's where I'm most active right now. Also follow me at uh, on Twitter, at Passion Sod, where I'm currently hosting a raffle for the first second off game. And you can see more info about that over there. And I also sign off because I am now really obsessed about it. Coming up soon. Comment below. How hyped are you for Elden Ring? Looking forward to it? 
I sure am. I've already got it pre-ordered, and I'm waiting for it to arrive oh. in the mail. Oh. Interesting. Oh, yeah. So are you into that type of game, or is I've the firm no software not for you? Is. <laughs> uh, you know Dark Souls. Okay. You know that? Yes. The people and- who made that and, like, Sekiro and Bloodborne have now made a new one uh, with the, what's it? Token, not token, no, J.R.R. Token franchise, I believe, Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. And have done a game with their style and that lore. So there was like a huge, massive, like, um, network test for that. Like, everyone jumped onto it. I could not find a content creator who wasn't, you know, who was doing game stuff and didn't touch it. So, yeah. It is very hyped after, and I, I am very eager. So we're going to see that on your streams then. Yes, actually, as a matter of fact, I am in desperate, desperate need for like short older games I can get done in one session. I have one, but I need a second. So do comment in suggestions as well to fill the gap between what's a Dark Souls, which I'll be finishing this Sunday, and Elden Ring. Coming out very soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, short games, then well, it's just Star Fox 2 in it. Just play that again. <laughs> Multiple times. Just keep playing it until you get the new one. No. Uh, yeah. You don't have a GameCube, no. Play Star Fox mm. Assault. Fuck, that's a good game. Okay. No. We're going to leave all of you now. Um, On that note, comment short games for the 360 and PS2 3 era. Yeah, I'm sure do that. Send Thank emails, by the way. You can send an email about the game suggestions, uploadingpod at gmail.com. Very good. Very good. Yes. Like, we're always open to like, like, uh, like Kickstarters or like... Any text or any gaming stories that you think is interesting or are funny. Or game suggestions yeah. to talk about, or play, or basically anything related to kind of what we talk about. And yeah, game characters you think your hearts—that's something. Maybe just comment that that down below. Pretty short comments, yeah. Won't take it that long. <laughs> uh, uh. at gmail.com and we will <laughs> talk to you. And the next one. Looking forward to it. Ta-ta, Wiedersehen. Until we meet again. Bye-bye. Have a good rest of your day. Goodbye. <laughs> Don't laugh. Don't laugh. Oh, fuck. I used the wrong mouse again. <laughs> <laughs>